This is Marco Reus. This is Shinji Kagawa. This is Nuri Shahin. Hello, this is Jaden Sancho. And you're listening to the Yellow Wall Podcast. And welcome to episode 417 of the Yellow Wall Pods. I'm your host Stefan Botsko and today we will talk about Borussia Dortmund's latest signing, Nico Schlotterbeck. As promised, I'm joined by a man whose Twitter handle is at BundesPL, yet mostly tweets about Serie A these days. <laughs> Abel Messeros. Hello Abel, it is great to have you on the show. Um, I'm very keen to hear more depth and detail about Nico Schlotterbeck. And uh, it's I'm, I'm even more excited to just talk to you because it's been a while. I know it's been a long time, I think. Yeah, and uh, it's been a long time for the yellow wall pod is me. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't, I don't really get to cover um, as much Dortmund as I was doing in the previous four or five years due to kind of just the way uh, things uh, have happened as far as some of my work, which um, now focuses more on the, on the Italian football side of things. But I still actually watch a lot of it. Um, just not necessarily like, I, and it's kind of weird. So I don't really do it live. So then, then I also don't feel like there's much of a platform for, for me. And yeah, but um, I do um, actually follow the Bundesliga for like some of the other work I do as far as um, you know, some scouting and things like that. So uh, in in that sense, um, obviously it's 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 good, but. Um, and, you know, Dortmund is obviously still a team that uh, I, I'm fairly close to from an emotional standpoint, although I think uh, you'll probably agree with me that this season has, has uh, maybe not helped that. No. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you're absolutely right about that. Um, but, uh, yeah, sometimes it's also just nice to not deal with all the professional stuff and just, you know, follow as a fan. I, I personally know that, too. So, um, yeah, let's get into it. Um, obviously, uh, Schlotterbeck did sign the five-year deal uh, coming from Freiburg. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he's already a German international, only 22 years old. And, um, yeah, I think every Dortmund fan is very excited about the addition just, <laughs> just because it's another defender and Dortmund's defending has not been great recently, even though, obviously... Defending already starts in possession. If you if you uh, accurate and uh, is a whole team experience, uh, which uh, Dortmund uh, right now are not doing extremely well. Um, nevertheless, um, I I think uh, it's safe to say that he will be the long term replacement for Mats Hummels, since he is left footed and uh, will yeah play in that position next to Niklas Süle uh, a lot probably, but. Uh, yeah, uh, but I don't know where you want to start, so I'm just going to hand you over the show. And uh, I don't know if you want to be chron chronological or just talk about his, his player profile first. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, you know, obviously the deal made, you know, all kinds of sense for Dortmund because, um, I mean, by probably um, the early parts of this, this year, there were... Uh, I mean, all pretty much the whole, whole world was was in 
Um, I, I actually want to ask you before we get like started on that, like what did you feel about Sebastian Kael's involvement and some of his like Freiburg ties if that you think like can, kind of gave Dortmund the edge or um, do you feel it was like basically he, you know, Nico um, basically, you know, wanted to stay in Germany and, and um, I didn't really think like Bayern made a ton of sense given that they shelled out all this money for, you know, center backs and I think he said today that uh, he he wanted to stay in Germany and uh, yeah uh, I I don't know how much Kiel was involved I I, I think uh, the reports are that uh, he's been more involved than Sork and he I think talked himself about it uh, in in the club's press release. Um, that uh, he is obviously himself from Freiburg and is hoping that Schlotterbeck will take a similar uh, yeah, path as he did to become a, I don't know, I don't know if he said become an icon, but basically that's what Kiel did. So if you say uh, take a similar path, then I, I think uh, you can imply that. Um, yeah, I, I think it's exciting to have a new sporting director. <laughs> Uh, even though Michel Zorc is a is a club legend, obviously, and will be, uh, you know, have, he will have his farewell along with Marcel Schmelzer this Saturday against Hertha Berlin. Um, but yeah, Sebastian Kehl, obviously, also a, a club legend in his own sense. And um, yeah, I'm excited because so far the transfers um, that he's made, um, along with Zorc, uh, are promising. I mean, I, I personally cannot complain about Zule and I also cannot complain about Schlotterbeck. I still have a question mark behind Adeyemi just because he's very much an unknown entity. But uh, as we record today, he was also spotted in Dortmund and uh, is, you know, doing his medical and, and probably later in the day will be announced. Um, but yeah, back to Schlotterbeck and, and Sebastian Kehl. Um, I think it's promising because it's a new era starting at Dortmund. And uh, so you need to... I think refresh a lot of positions and I think the back line is, is probably uh, a, a very high priority. I think the number six position is maybe even higher. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, uh, with with probably Akanji leaving, Zagadu leaving and so this is a, a really promising start. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm... I'm really excited and I, I can't wait to to hear you talk more about him. Obviously, I've watched a lot of Schlotterbeck minutes in recent weeks just because uh, I wanted to get a better image of him. But uh, yeah, nevertheless, uh, Abel, would you, should, you, should we start at his youth days or uh, where do you want to start? Yeah, like basically just as a background, right? Like, so he... he comes from sort of the Stuttgart area and um, his, his uncle Nios is uh, uh, basically a team, was a teammate of uh, Jürgen Klinsmann at uh, Kickers and, and his, a lot of his football education is, is related to Stuttgart Kickers and the, his uncle still has um, a lot of these kind of football camps uh, and, and I think both, both Nico and, and Kevin his brother are frequent participants so they're very much sort of um, got ties to to Stuttgart and, and that region. And he basically um, played in the kickers uh, youth setup until um, at the under 15 level, he, um, at following the 15 level, he was not selected to the, the U16s. And that represented a massive break. So this is around 2014. 
and basically there were I mean there were stories that he wanted to quit um, there were stories that I mean you know um, that that it wasn't it wasn't necessarily I think the footballing part of it although I think that was it but but certainly the personality and um, just attitude and these kind of things I mean even Nico talked about this in sort of some of the interviews that I've seen with him where you know he wasn't necessarily like you know like I mean not, I don't know how much of uh, sort of the outside of the football pitch training there is in terms of like weight room and these kind of dedications and, and like you know uh, keep in mind 14 15 year old so that's uh, certainly from like my days of, of, of being there like it, it's you know it's, it's a difficult time I think in general so um, but yeah nevertheless like it, it didn't work out for him at kickers and then he basically went to Ireland for, for about a year to play there and it was um, Lucas Krasniok who you know now is probably one of the best side the Bundesliga coaches who um, kind of took a chance on him at KSC in Karlsruhe and then you know it's, it's I think uh, you notice some of the commitments to him I think Krasniok has mentioned that um, like he, he would travel like uh, the way from Stuttgart to Karlsruhe which is you know probably over an hour maybe maybe, maybe more um to training so you can certainly see that kind of attitude shift and i think um Schlotterbeck himself has, has mentioned this in some of the interviews like at Union, where he has um started to take this uh, approach so um yeah and then it was uh i mean that 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 was uh 2015 to 17 so three years there and then this is um i mean this is a car stage which are you know very, very famous for the you set up and they had you know, Tim Balter there as well. So this, this is kind of a, uh, a a big time for them. And I mean, um, Schlotterbeck has credited Lucas Kastner for basically kind of saving his career because he wanted to quit. And then he he moved on to uh, Freiburg's um, 19th, 19th there. And, and then, uh, you know, um, obviously that's, that's another one where I mean, Dortmund are all too familiar with uh, young, talented defenders uh, coming from there. Although now Matthias Ginter has now um, returned to to Fabio, but I mean even some of the other ones. I mean, it's kind of kind of where Dortmund like to buy players from, of course, and one of the one of the better academies. And um, yeah, he um, would go on on loan to um, Union Berlin, which is uh, actually like where his brother went there in the previous season. So um, Kevin went there in the twenty in the Ausstieg season in, in the season where uh, they got, uh, Union were promoted, um, and yeah, and then Nico kind of followed that path of you know getting getting some playing time uh, at Union, and, and I, I think that that's kind of where I noticed him. So like sort of my my uh, my sort of um, I don't know if love affair, but but at least like certain certain him was it was like one of the very early Union games where he got a chance. I, I, went, I mean, I think he went in the, in the winter, so it would have been like a 2020 January or something like that. And, and what I noticed him, and I think this is what makes him very, very unique, um, is that here's a guy who, you know, can do a lot of the defensive stuff, particularly like in the air duels. Um, but, you know, the, the sort of Spielerhoffnung, right? Like the sort of um, build up play and, and, and kind of, um, just finding solutions and and not being afraid and doing it with with the left foot, right? So that's that's I think like those kind of qualities, um, which if you're a you know 21, 22 year old 
young left-footed center back who can play in a back four, play in a back three, um, not afraid to dribble, um, really, really uh, resistant to pressure, uh, wins like you know crazy amount of aerial duels. Um, in general, is about like 68, 70% of duels won. Um, you know, really, really good at the sort of defending forward and the front foot defending. Um, can play in the pressing system, um, can basically be left alone with, you know, someone like Erling Haaland. So there's, there's not too many of those uh, in the world. I would, I would probably say there's probably like two or three of those kind of guys. Um, and in general, like the center back position is uh, really, really, really hard to uh, evaluate in a lot of ways. But um, when you see someone like him, and then I think obviously um this this season um it was very very evident um like probably as soon as i got up to that start that that he was he was on for uh you know greater things yeah Let, let's talk about that because um pressing resistance is obviously very important and build up play in general i, I feel like i i don't have it in front of me but i feel like there were a lot of goals um, that were caused by Dortmund defenders making very weird decisions in build-up player. I, I think uh, the, the most recent one is, is Zagadou against Bayern, um, but there are countless examples, be it Zagadou, Akanji, I think even Hummels had a couple of weird ones. Emre Can, when he played centre-back, most definitely uh, played the, part, uh, the ball directly into the opponent's feet. So um, I'm hoping, obviously, Nico Schlotterbeck and every other centre-back in the world will make mistakes. You know, it's not like he's going to be flawless. But um, when we talk about um, how he's going to fit into Dortmund's system and how he's going to improve, do you think this is a piece of individual quality um, that uh, will help him uh, uh, improve Dortmund uh, instantly, let's say? Yeah, I think I think that's, it's, it's, that's definitely part of it. Like... Um just because, you know, I mean, Dortmund have played Thomas as the left-sided center-back a lot of the times, right? And, and, you know, I mean, especially, I mean, I would say even since he's come back from, from Bayern, um, I mean, he's never really the fastest and always kind of made up for it with the intelligent positioning. Um, but but Schlotterbeck, um can, I mean, you saw, I think probably the best example is the Germany games that he's played that were for here, you know. Hansi Flick's Germany, you're playing, you're playing at the halfway line all the time, and he's very comfortable with that. Um, I, I would actually say that he's he's not um, like you know you mentioned the weaknesses of like the kind of lackadaisical passing, and he has the kind of tendencies to kind of uh, take his eye off the ball or take a few moments too long, and and will um, like sometimes give the ball away. But I think um, he he actually has more trouble sometimes in, in defending in the box in terms of losing losing the man or like not really like covering the blind side. I mean there's a couple examples against Bayern, Wolfsburg, um where he had some issues. But um where where I think he will be an instant improvement is that he has the sort of speed or like the first step I would say, which I think, you know, almost doesn't doesn't have anymore. Um I mean Zagadu kind of when, when he was young, when he was kind of, he was still very young, but when he was like, you know, 2018, like I do, would have those and just, he hasn't, you know, he's not really in rhythm, I think, just with the injuries. Um, but, but yeah, so, and that's the strength, I think, uh, Sotterbeck's strength is important because, you know, he's spent a lot of time, I mean, as, as, as any, any of you have followed his 
sort of social media stuff from you, he, he will tell you. And, and every every time he celebrates, he will let you know that he spent a lot of time in the weight room, right? But um, it matters. I think I think that that will be something that that um, that that will uh, that will make it through. And I think that that's actually kind of an underrated part of, of, of having Zula there as well, because you basically now have two of these center backs who um, I would say are like supremely comfortable in terms of dribbling forward and, and taking those um, areas that um, the press concedes you because basically like every team usually just tries to pick um, sort of pick on one defender and then kind of guide the press that way. So if you're, you know, cutting the field in half and then um, I think now it's actually going to be much, much harder for teams to press Dortmund in that way. Uh, because I mean, you, you've seen Zula. I think uh, the the Kuhlschrank dribbling is, is, I think, the sort of the refrigerator who gets moving is, is what a lot of people call it. But it's very, very hard to separate from the ball, and I think um, that will be that will be really, really important. Um, I think Akanji has gotten better at that, but still isn't isn't really all that um, great at it. And yeah, with Schlotter Brecht, I think that that's probably one of his best qualities. And it's not only just that, but it's like taking the dribble and then opening, um, opening sort of the play and finding those kind of chip passes, finding it um, put low um, behind the behind the opposition line. These kind of things are, are really really um, unique, I think, in, in that. That's yeah, so I don't know if you watched the Germany game against Israel, but that was a game where uh, Israel was very passive and uh, he dribbled forward a lot. You know, he he like he, you would if you didn't know uh, who this player was, you could almost say he's maybe number six. You yeah, know? I'm glad you mentioned that because I think like part of the the, the the Dortmund's efforts of like not signing the sixes, I think, are mitigated by by having. Kind of well, I'm hoping he still will sign <laughs> Kiel or Wozzeck or whoever will still sign the number six. Yeah, I mean, I think they they still might. Um, it's just the problem is that you know there's not too many of those kind of sixes around. Like I guess Grilich, Grilich would be someone that that has been talked about a lot. Um, but even in the Bundesliga, there's really not too many of these sixes, and I think. Particularly for what um, Rosa and, and his staff would want, it'd be probably someone who could also play third center back, right? Which is not what, like, for example, Zahid is not really that. I think Witzel was never really that. Um, I guess we don't really want them to be head in check. Yeah, but he is, uh, until he gets replaced, he's, I think, the designated number six <laughs> slash center back. <laughs> It makes sense to have those kind of, you know, versatile players, right? And I, I mean, now I think in, in general, like the way I kind of think about Dortmund's recruitment is, um, or at least like the plans going forward for Rosa, if, if the Ben Sabaini signing comes over the line, or, you know, some of the ones like Christensen, is that it, it becomes very, you know, Red Bull-like, right? In terms of the playing style, right? And I think in that way, Zula and, and Schlotterberg both fit that profile of, you have these kind of very, very aggressive defenders who are also good on the ball, but, but are very comfortable being playing out of the back. And then you and you also have super aggressive fullbacks, right, who are not necessarily uh, the guys who progress the ball. They're usually the ones who, you know, either like um, regain it in the counter-pressing or they can, you know, like, you know be athletic and then, and then just, be, just be kind of with players. And then Benza Baini is obviously someone who you can play as a left-sided center-back in a three. Um, I mean, that, that's that's my thinking, and I think um, you mentioned Adeyemi in the beginning. Like he, he would obviously be really suited to 
this this style of you know maybe playing a diamond and then it's with him and Malin or and Royce as a ten. I think I think that, that that's you know that's something that I'm thinking about you know without having any um, inside knowledge on this, but but that would be something that where which which would give Dortmund um, some sort of identity you know in the in the post Haaland uh, years, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, identity is a nice word because I feel like Dortmund this season lacked it severely, if I'm if I'm honest. And um, yeah, you had glimpses of what Rose may want to play, but uh, I feel like throughout the year he was just uh, busy um, making up for injured players rather than developing anything. Really, uh, where you can say, okay, this is clearly his handwriting, just never really shown through. So, um, yeah. I, I think the build-up, obviously, in, in the modern centre-back, and especially when you're Borussia Dortmund centre-back, is, is a very big aspect. Um, but um, it's obviously, <laughs> for a defender, not yet the, the most important one, um, even though, as I said before, uh, defending starts with possession, because if you have poor giveaways, uh, that will make it harder for you to defend the ball. Um, but that being said, um, I've also been very impressed uh, in his uh, 1v1 skills uh, when it comes to tackling and uh, his positional play because if you look at him, even though he's, he's relatively tall, he is not uh, <laughs> an absolute unit like Niklas Zule. Um, nevertheless, I, I think he's very intelligent uh, in in regaining possession and, and regaining it in a way that the ball does not land, uh, I don't know, six, seven meters away and uh, easily uh, snuffed or, or picked up by the opponent again. So, uh, Abel, uh, what are you willing to highlight in his uh, defending? Because you already said that he has weaknesses when it comes to, to blindside defending, etc. Um, but uh, what, are, what, what are the positives, maybe? Yeah, no, I mean, but it's like stuff like, I think Strife was saying this um, earlier that, you know, like, especially recently, like, there's been... I mean, Union, the Union match uh, this weekend, there's a couple where like Gerardo Becker got in behind him, or even like Mbolo at Gladbach. But it's like one of those kind of things where like that will happen to pretty much anybody who defends high and and um, also like might not have, you know, like a, a Neuer on, on the back line or that, that, that will, you know, maybe limit those kind of mistakes. Um, but yeah, I mean... There's, there's just a lot of strength because in general, like his positioning is, is quite good when it, when it becomes active, right? It's, 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 you know, defending forward, right? Which is, which is what you basically want from any, any center back who plays on a dominant team. Um, and, you know, he, he will have like these kind of things where like, I think his, the cup game against Osnabrück, he had one where it was in the extra time and he started like jumping out from a counter and basically like a three on three and he just jumps out and wants to tackle and then misses it. But um, that's very, very rare. Like that will be maybe like once a season or something or twice a season. Um, he's a very sure-footed tackler. Um, he really like, you know, has, has good technique and I, I would think um, and, and drives forward well. And, and just, um, I think where he's really improved is, is again, like the sort of, um, yeah, like, like the frame, as, as you mentioned, isn't really um, like, doesn't look that impressive but 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 he you know he is like taller and bigger than you would than you would think i think um um and, and probably plays bigger than his size i think is, is, is the way i would way i would uh, i mean he's that. one meter 90 or so 91 yeah. or so so he's, yeah. he's pretty tall um. Yeah. um but but doesn't like i mean it doesn't actually like look like these kind of you know 
I know it's it's always different when you see these guys in person. To be honest, Bastoni, like, like I, I think, is somewhat of a similar defender, but but I think like Bastoni looks much more lankier, whereas Nico looks much more kind of sturdy and and and, but but not like you know he's not like somewhat awkward. Looking. Like I think I think he he's, he's still out sort of his, his frame well um, and does these kind of things well. So yeah, and then, then just to tackle success like those kind of things as well, where, where you you have. Um, yeah, I mean, I think like there was a good, um, there's a good sort of tweet, um, and it's like I think it's um, it's Mar- Marcus Brink who um, who has who has tweeted it, where it's like he's basically like um, he's one of he's really the only um, he's the only uh, he's basically the only center back to be in the 90th percentage in progressive passing, like aerial duels, and then. Um, and, and I think uh, there's a third category, which, which which I'll find in a second. But yeah, so it's not too many of those guys. So that's why I meant by, by that he's that he's unique. So uh, and I think like you know um, the mistakes like um, from from what I understand, I mean there's um, I think Shoyunsu was a good example for this, right? Where like you, he also made a lot of mistakes, but I think maybe teams don't necessarily care so much about them if you have so many other extra qualities and this is what i meant by like you know the the skill set that he has in terms of you know opening the play like creating shots for others you know driving forward like being able to play through the lines pass through the lines have the intelligence and then he actually is like a massive threat on set pieces and, and scores goals right to the point where like freiburg are regularly beating teams with him being the one found on set pieces yeah line is also a very big part of that to be honest yeah yeah so it's but but yeah, I mean, you saw them against Gladbach, for example, where it was like the game was over after like twenty minutes because they just did the set pieces. But and then like I think you know you you saw in the, I think in both of the Dortmund games, or certainly the first one where he just completely erased Haaland, and and there's really not too many. And then this was like in the earlier parts of the season, right when Haaland was completely healthy, and and you know, so it it, it just like I think that those are the things I think that um, people in recruitment look at more. And, and they're, you know, and I think like some of the, like, I think some of the mistakes, which I think Hansi Tick talked about this as well, um, could be concentration. And, and certainly like um, Strike mentioned, I think some, something, but he was kind of, as Strike is, like he was very sort of complimentary is that like, it's sort of natural that, you know, some guy who just signed his big move. Um, and although like, obviously Freiburg have a ton to play for in terms of the Pokal and then getting into the Champions League, but it's, kind of natural that you would maybe like switch off right like i think it's it's what um it's a kind of a human nature thing right that that uh t- people who've just achieved something you know fairly big and you know coming from where he was like i think you know it's safe to say like two years ago or like certainly two and a half years ago nobody knew who he was right like he was it wasn't even really a Bundesliga player yeah uh no no definitely but i also i also think that it was a very good idea to announce it um, what was it a week or so ago? Um, just so that a Freiburg uh, could then sign Ginter and make that official, but also just so everybody knows uh, what the deal is uh, going into very important games. Now, unfortunately, um, Freiburg did lose that game to Union Berlin, um, which was I don't know if if it was a free game or not because uh, for the one maybe not uh, representative of that game. I would say yeah, yeah, from what I saw. But uh, yeah, Schlotterbeck also had a had a, a mistake uh, in, in that game too, where he uh, 
try to uh, you know uh, I I think take a, a long ball uh, and, and like uh, yeah it was like a weaker kind of header right and then they kind of came back and then they just immediately ran Geraldo Becker yeah but Geraldo Becker is also one of the fastest guys in the league so I mean yeah like it's not like he I mean that that's you know he is I would say um, above average in terms of athleticism and speed but it's not like you know he's not but you know who is like is, other than like maybe Peak Virgil van Dijk or you know Upe Meccano or Canate or some of these guys who will like catch up to someone and just just erase those kind of mistakes. So, but but yeah, I mean you don't you know <laughs> I like not to but those guys don't play at Freiburg, right? Like that's all right. So um, obviously this is going to be a bit of a loaded question now, but uh, Dortmund did not have the success they they really thought they would have in Matthias Ginter. Um, do you think that there, there is a chance that uh, Schlotterbeck will uh, not meet the expectations of Borussia Dortmund, their fans, etc.? Or do you think this is uh, a, a very uh, easy money in terms of uh, a transfer that will hit? No, I think it's an it's a it's a very obvious, and I think it's a very good transfer. Like I think it's uh, like I don't think it has too much in common with Ginter because I always thought Ginter is like he's more closer to the Emre Can kind of player, right? Where like <laughs> Like I think, I mean, in the Tuchel season, I remember him playing a lot of right back. And yeah, he was good as right back because he yeah, he was good at the cutbacks. Yeah, and I always think that Ginter's like biggest quality is 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 usually just kind of being versatile and like being a good guy. But like he's, you know, got a very shy, shy personality. Like he wasn't much of a leader, right? Like um, he, I mean, you know, a lot of the teams I've certainly that played against. Um, or even Lehman Dortmund we were very much like just catering their or tilting their pressing towards him so he was always somewhat of a liability I would say and and it wasn't like a sharp passer right and 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 I think that's where Schlotterbeck is uh, exceptional is an absolutely world-class um, progressor passer um, guy who's on the ball so and and I think it's not like Ginter is you know I mean Not like Ginter was mistake free. I think you and I have had some yeah, comments no. that and Dortmund Twitter certainly knows the the, 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 the those kind of things, the mistakes of Ginter. So um no, I, I don't I don't really see that. Like I, I think it's um yeah, it's probably the most exciting um signing that Dortmund have made, I, I would say. Um uh, and yeah, like I just even even if even Akanji, I mean, I, I remember scouting Akanji in, in Switzerland and, and um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about whether Akanji has sort of met expectations or exceeded them. But I, I think I think he is a pretty good center back. You know, he obviously makes mistakes here and there, but uh, I, I think overall in this development, uh, it's positive. You know, and I hope Dortmund can get get a good fee for him because he's he's fast. He can build up. Uh, he's aggressive. He can dribble forward, and yeah, yeah. Uh, he ha he has a good good physique to to hold other players off. So I'm I'm happy with uh, how Akanji turned out let's say obviously um he never made the the final step to become a really consistent and world-class guy um but uh yeah i i think there were certainly periods uh, when he wasn't hampered by injuries where he played at a really high level and uh, was Dortmund's best center back easily yeah I, i would agree with that right like especially i would say you know just just by default of like you know what's happened to the models and, and, and you know some of the other options there and how you know congratulate that working out and these kind of things but yeah I, I think like maybe Schlotterbeck's ceiling is, is just higher right because and I, this is again like helped by 
being a left-footed center back who's 22, right? Like uh, who can, you know, basically, um, you know, is in the Germany World Cup squad and, and you know, I, some, some, some chance to, you know, it's basically like him and Rudiger, maybe like four guys, but um, yeah, it's, it's uh, there's, there's not, like that's what I meant is that it's such a such a unique position, right? Because you know so much of this playmaking now or building out of the back is left to center backs, um, and then he can also really really defend well. So, uh, particularly in the air and in duels. So like it's it's yeah like okay, um, you might worry a little bit about the personality. I think I think that that that's, that's some something where you would have concerns in terms of you know. Um, you could see this like this season where he was, I, I, if you're sort of trying to spin it positively, he enjoys the spotlight, right? But, but I think the, the arrogance, uh, which was uh, I think brought up a few times by, by some people can be perceived that way. It's just kind of hard to, uh, hard to gauge um, from the outside. I think it's part of the, 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 the area of football that's unknowable, right? Yeah. Literally there every day, like unless they're like, even if you're like a beat journalist, it's, you probably get closer to this. But um, I think you know this has been this has been the thing about Brandt and some of these other players, right? And some other ones who, who may, maybe um, again are aren't going that extra couple of percent points. Um, I, I think like it isn't a concern with Slotterberg because he has over the last few years has gone those extra, you know. Um, the concern is that maybe he gets into this kind of mindset, right? Like that, that he's made it at this bigger club, but, but, you know. Well, let's, let's hope not. But then again, I mean, he's also only 22 years old. Let's not forget, like his personality will obviously, uh, develop a lot in the, in the next years. And I think being in a different environment also does something to you instantly, like, uh, so I don't I don't know. It's always a wild card. Um, it's it happened before that that uh, players came to Dortmund and yeah felt like they made it and uh, didn't feel like they needed to push even further. Um, but but uh, for now I'm not really concerned. Uh, because I I I think, uh, I mean, Kiel said that he's very ambitious and that he wins to wants to win stuff with Dortmund and uh, I I feel like, um. The reason why Dortmund are able to convince players like Zule or or Schlatterbeck or even Adeyemi is that they are now really uh, also talking about a maybe a new era. I don't know, but 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 certainly a, a transition. And uh, uh, it, it it feels like Dortmund want to be uh, become a bit more serious again because let's let's be honest, this season was a bit of a clown show, and there are a lot of. Uh, transfers and the, I, I think the squad just needs to be cleaned up a little and and, and redefined and I, I think there's a a narrative and a story to tell that might convince players um, but but also that uh, you know if, if you want to talk about new beginnings you will obviously have to talk about uh, how they fit into that picture and I, I think Dortmund are planning uh, with Schlotterbeck in the, in the leadership role um, you know I've seen People on Twitter making bets who who the next Dortmund captain will be uh, after Royce and whether it will be Zule, Schlotterbeck or, or Kobel. Uh, right now, my money is is on on Kobel, but uh, obviously it's always hard to say uh, what a dynamic. Uh, um, yeah, we would we would see, but um, I I think Schlotterbeck will also be helped by having Kobel in goal because I think he's a, he's a better. 
uh, fit for him uh, as a as a goalkeeper because uh, Kobe can play off his line much better as well. So that might mitigate a little bit of uh, the, the the top speed uh, deficit that Schlotterbeck may have. Um, but yeah, maybe, maybe just lastly, um, we've talked about uh, how he fits in uh, in general, but um, now obviously the, the big question is, uh, uh, or the standardized question is uh, back four versus back five and how do you think he will fit in either systems? So, I mean, I think in the in the back four, he's obviously the left center back, I would say. And I think yeah. in that in that sense, it's Wimels is the one who's kind of sitting out, right? Like, I think that, like, I don't think it's... Yeah, let, let's, let's talk about this real quick because I think if you have, um, if you have... Uh, very quick opponents. Uh, I I feel like there are certain games where it might make more sense to not play Hummels but to play Schlotterbeck just because to to have uh, more pace there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And then yeah, I mean, I think I think like uh, Rosa in the in the sort of bigger games has often gone with the back three at Gladbach. Like that used to be kind of the Zakaria game. Um, so you could probably see. Um, and Schlotterbeck actually plays um, a lot of the time as a central in the back three, right? So they'll have like a five defensive player or something, but sometimes he'll play on left as well. So I would imagine then you just play Hummels in the center and then you play him on the left and then, you know, or, you know, Zula's on kind of the right, like that, that, that would be, but, but I, I would actually think like, I don't, I can't really think of like any back line where he isn't really a starter. Like that's, I think he's just too good for that, right? Like I, cause I think, you know, you need, particularly from the left side, you need um, his, his passing, his ball progression. Um, and, and with Homos, I mean, you know, it's one year left, right? So, I mean, it doesn't seem like he's a massive part of... I mean, I could see, like, Homos kind of getting these kind of one-year extensions if they're, like, really, really close or, <laughs> you know, like, those kind of things. But I mean, um, it, it, it depends a little bit on his relationship to Vatska, I think. Right, right, right. Yeah, but you also have, you know, um, Dortmund, you know, U19, second team, you have a lot of up-and-comer uh, center-back, like, you know, Collins or, you know, either either Koulibaly or Kamara can get some, like, yeah, at least, like, I would I would imagine they would get some minutes in terms of uh, next season, in, like, as being the, the fourth or fifth choice, like, I guess, depending on how you think about it, or maybe fifth choice behind them, Chan, um, which, which now I think, uh, you know, will, that seems like a very reasonable thing, and yeah. I, I, and then you know, Ben Sabaini, If that happens, you can you can also play him there in, in, in some. In, in a, I mean, I wouldn't really play him in a two, but in, a, in, a, in a back three, you could you could play him as left center, center back in, in in some games as well. So yeah, it, it's more than enough. I, I yeah, but I think uh, you you sign these players, both Zula and Schlotterbeck, for to, to, to build around, right? Like for the right. next. You know, the next cycle, right, which is your contract cycle, so four or five years. And I want to kind of just say the point about, that you mentioned before, about, you know, Dortmund want to get serious. And I think, like, you shouldn't really underrate how, you know, Bayern could be going through this transition, right? Like, that's with, with, with Lewandowski potentially. I mean, I mean, okay, they, they re-signed, you know, Neuer and Miller, right? But, but Yeah, but they're not getting younger. It's going to say, like, it might be, like, one more year or maybe, you know, like, till 2024 because of the the euros in, in germany uh but but you know you you think uh, it could be dortmund uh in 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 two years right or or, or next year if like things kind of go uh 
uh, right for them, right? Like, because uh, when you're doing these kind of signings, you, you are thinking maybe not in the first year, but, but I don't know, it's, it's possible, right? And, you know, um, I would think it's it's a possibility next next season, but you know, then again, like we always we always do these things, and and yeah. this is the greatest time for it. Like we've kind of gone early with May because usually this, this happens in like July when you're everybody talks themselves into Dortmund as, as being the favorites. But um, yeah, let's let's talk ourselves into Dortmund as being the favorite for twenty three twenty four. Yeah, let's, let's get on early, and then we can claim that corner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no. Um, so, yeah, Erling Haaland uh, to uh, Man City just became official. Um, uh, I, I think it's it really is only in a, in a 60 million range. Um, no surprises there. Just wanted to mention it that it literally just broke the, during our recording. Uh, I wonder yeah, when... Nice yeah, I, I wonder when um, uh, Adeyemi will be announced. But, uh, yeah, it's... It's it's nice to finally have closure on on that one because Haaland obviously uh, leaving Dortmund for Manchester City was uh, you know one of the worst worst kept secrets exactly I mean uh, the, the the fact that he was going to leave be Real Madrid or whatever club uh, I, I think that was uh, pretty certain and uh, now it's just I think it's a bit of a relief that you don't have to deal with these rumors a, a million years um, so yeah obviously. Um, Dortmund uh, recently have been linked with even Sebastian Allaire, who would be my absolute favorite uh, player. I don't know if this is financially feasible because he's playing lights out at Ajax and they recently signed him for like 30 million. So I don't know um, if if they if they can pull it off. But uh, uh, yeah, uh, if if that happens, uh, would be perfect. Otherwise, I, I think uh, two or three episodes I, I talked about. Uh, Yeah, I guess so. The other thing is like he's Ten Hag's favorite, right? Because he was with him as a trick, and you know, yeah. he just went to the richest club in the world, and they have uh, you know, thirty-seven, thirty-eight-year-old Ronaldo and Cavani. So it's, it's not like they they cannot use a, a sort of you know. Yeah, I feel I feel like uh, Alea would be a good fit to any team because he is such a versatile number nine that uh, I I think he would fit in almost any system. To be honest. So yeah, my hopes are not very high. <laughs> it's just like Bayern hopes to sign Mane probably should not be very high. But it's it's still nice to be linked uh, to to Alea. Um, but I I think it's probably going to be more like a a Losek or so, who is going to uh, uh, be the new number nine. And then yeah, I, I mean like there was other ones like Kalajic was the one who's who's, who's mentioned right. And then yeah, Ugo Etikite is, is another one who... exactly. I haven't followed too much. Kozak, yeah, Kozak has been a guy who's been talked up for like two, two, three years as you know, in the Czech region. People who follow that space closely. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I still think like the the most likely scenario is is um, you know, trying this kind of two um, striker formation and then potentially voice behind them and uh, yeah, and, and maybe just not you know. Trying to, because I think that that's been kind of the. I don't know how you feel about Malin's season, but yeah, it's been kind of a. It's hard to say, like, it's been super successful, although it's picked up a little bit. But um, you would also kind of think of him as, like, you know, I think in, in general, it's just true for Dortmunds that they were just such a, like, Holland's shadow hanging over them kind of thing, right? And, and almost like, you know, this happens a lot. I, it was, you know, um, Uh, like almost the, the the Ewing theory that uh, 
American sports culture, right? There's this kind of expression by, by Bill Simmons who uses the Ewing theory, which is like uh, when the best player or like the biggest name leaves and then somehow like the team does better uh, because, you know, you realize that there's been a lot of stuff behind the scenes necessarily that, that was, you know, and then certain players and I would count like Mal in there or even some of the other ones who just like, okay, now, you know, we'll count it out. And maybe we're like, you know, uh, and then they, they would they would explode or they would have that, you know, second season or so on. So I'm I mean, I, saying, w- but- I would not be surprised if Marlon plays much better in the second year than in the first year. It's, it happens so many times, uh, especially on a striker position for Dortmund. So, um, yeah, I'm 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 far from writing him off. I I think he had really big struggles early on, especially also like when it comes to to pressing, team cohesion, and and and, and stuff like that. Just you know, uh, <laughs> call it the hustle or whatever you want to call it. But he was lacking severely in that department. But he managed to clean it up, and um, you know, going forward, um, obviously he's not an out and out number nine in in my book uh you know I, I think he's a player that also needs a lot of space um to, to operate but at the same time um Dortmund don't have a lot of players that can win 1v1 duels and he's certainly a guy who can do that so um if if uh, he becomes more of a winger I would not be surprised but when you talk about the diamond formation and it's a 442 diamond I, I guess then uh, maybe he is uh, in that uh, tandem striker do somewhere I don't know but uh, yeah, I'm I'm really hoping that he has a big season because A. Dortmund spent a lot of money for him and I don't think they will have the resources to also replace him because I, I have a hunch that uh, both Hazard and Brandt are going out the door. So uh, Marlon will be uh, much more relied on, let's put it this way, next year. Yeah, I think that's, that's probably right. I guess that's how it's... You know, certainly, I, I, don't, I, mean, I don't really see Hazard um, just like as far as... How he, you know, a couple times like was in in the squad, right? And then um, Brandt recently, I mean, actually, <laughs> interesting, like almost like the contract, you know, the contract year, but almost like those kind of he 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 put up enough numbers, and then like to, to maybe like have somebody kind of say, oh, well, let's take a, let's, it's it's almost a little bit like Julian Draxler, you know, kind of thing. Like, <laughs> you you succumb to his challenge, right? Like, um, and and yeah, it's probably also like. You know, maybe maybe a time for change of scenery for him, and he's been there maybe a little too long, and hasn't actually had the success or the impact that, that he would have, or I think we all would have liked him to have. Um, and then you kind of, you know, you have you have Bellingham, you have Dahoud, right, <laughs> in the midfield, and then Reyna if he comes back, right, he's still got, and then you can play twice. You can play that sort of almost four-three-three, like. So yeah, it's 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 there. I'm just and and, and I think Adeyemi just gives it the other dimension. But um, yeah, what 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 do you think of the Adeyemi transfer? I I know you you haven't really closely watched him, neither have I. But uh, from what you've seen, what you can glean, I have watched him. I would say the last year or so, and I mean you know he's got this interesting background, right, of being from uh, the Munich area and like having some sort of disciplinary problems and not looking at a fire and. Um, and kind of finding himself, and uh, I mean, from from what I know, there there are kind of some some kind of issues with him as far as outside of the football thing. But um, he has, I mean, just in terms of like the, that that speed, right? And then I watched actually a lot of Salzburg because they were in the Champions League and we covered the Champions League, so um, 
particularly I think for the for the Bayern match, I, I ended up watching back a few of their games. I mean, yeah, it's the, the, the thing with him is that you, you, the worry that you kind of have with a lot of the our base um, strikers is that how do they kind of function outside of it? But I think like you know all of them have kind of you know whether it's like Patsandaka, whether it's you know Adams, right? Like so, I, I think he's probably the the least polished out of those guys. I would say in terms of being in a possessional some somewhat of a slow press. But but if but if I kind of suspect that Dortmund are going more towards that style, then then that's that's again mitigated, right? And then if he is, you know, used in like the almost like the Timo Werner profile, right? Or or those kind of plays, then then yeah. Yeah, like do that. you think do you think that Dortmund will play him as a striker or more as a as a midfielder? Adiemi? Yeah. No, I definitely see him as a striker. I mean, that's that's the only. I mean, I don't, I don't. I mean, that's the only thing I would, I would. Okay, because me looking at his profile, always I, I have him more as, as, as like the the Sancho replacement in my mind than than being a, a striker because as, a, as as like a wide. Yeah. But I because mean, he's he's very good in the one we won. Well, I don't know. Like he could be better in that department. Like he's not exactly central like, in, but but at least he has some nice passes from the half spaces in, into the box. He's to me, he's more of a facilitator than he's a is a finisher. I'm not too impressed with his finishing skills, to be honest. But maybe, maybe once uh, summer preseason starts and uh, the first friendly, so uh, maybe I, I I see a different player that I I've seen now. No, it's. I mean, I think like the one of the like really really good examples is, is like the first Salzburg match against Bayern, where they had really have these these ideas of drawing out and and. Uh, Bayern's like less defense and just basically for example, like he manipulated Lucas Hernandez so well that that he would come so deep uh, and I think Okafor did this as well but um that he would come so deep and then and basically it would be a, a pass to and he would be the third man run so it would be like either you know Salzburg win it and then they, they play one one pass to to um a striker and then Layoff and then Adam is the one who makes makes the running behind. Like I think that that's something that Dortmund can certainly utilize. I mean, you know, obviously it was always easy with Haaland, but I mean, even I think in the in in the Favre years there were um, examples of this. You didn't necessarily have the personnel because it was hard to do with Paco Alcácer, <laughs> not the yeah. fastest. Yeah, and, and and even Royce to to some extent, but I think he will give them a different uh, dimension. Yeah, I mean, I would agree that he's not like the, you know, otherworldly like you know Haaland type of finisher where he you can count on him, and yeah, you probably worry more about him in terms of the quality of the league adjustment, right? Um, but but again, like I think in, in that sense, the, the track record of you know like a, a Patson Daka or you know some of the guys who were, were there, like in, in some ways, it's, it's very very hard to go wrong with. Array players, um, whether they come out of, you know, Austria or whether they come out of Leipzig, and so I would, and you know, it helps that Dortmund have a coaching staff which are really really familiar. So I think like all of those kind of things are are, are very, um, like it's, it's again like in that sense the Schlotterbeck similarity is that if you have one and Schlotterbeck has more than one quality, so you want sort of world-class quality or two then i think in, in some ways you know having those kind of specialists is almost is almost 
better than than having you know someone who's uh, like very very good at a number of things or good at a number of things or decent at a number of things, but that isn't necessarily outstanding. And, and that it, you know, it, what 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 do you think that Adeyemi's world class at is? It, is it is it the pace? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I mean that that that's what I would that's what I would think. And that, that's like you know that that's uh I mean I would think that again I don't follow the Bundesliga this season all that closely where it's not, I'm not watching six or seven games anymore every weekend, but I do watch a couple and then obviously have you know access to games and watch them back. And like my kind of take is that there are just so many teams who just have, you know, the pace or like pace out wide. And it's, you know, whether it's the Bochums or the Unions or in some ways Freiburg as well. And, and that gets you really, really far. So it's, it's such, it's, it's, or even, I mean, Leverkusen uh, probably the best example. Even so, it isn't like I think that's that's not a and you you see this I think absolutely at the the highest level. So uh, there, you know, I think um, that's you know that's not something you can coach, obviously, right? And then your your um, hope is that you can add some of those other things. So yeah, that's what I would say. All right. Yeah. Uh, sounds promising. Um, I'm uh, really intrigued about the Adeyemi transfer, but uh, I've said before, like I'm not, I'm not fully convinced about about that. Even especially since Dortmund, I think, are shelling out uh, 38 million or so. Um, that's a lot of money, and um, it's it's really hard to if let's say it doesn't work out, it, it's really hard to to cut your losses on 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 that one and. Uh, that's and if if it, if it if it does work out so well that you have to resell him, uh, then my uh, then my question obviously is, um, will uh, will Dortmund actually make much of a profit? But um, yeah, that's pretty much it for today. Something you could say about Haaland, right? Like in, in a, yeah. yeah, but that's different because Haaland has a release clause, and I think Dortmund are fighting very hard that Adeyemi does not have a release clause. So um, there's that. Yeah, I think I think with with Haaland, uh, it was always clear uh, that Dortmund. I mean, it's since Mario Götze, I think Dortmund have not really given any player a release clause. So allowing Haaland to have one just says so much about the the uh, exceptional talent he is and uh, how Dortmund were from the beginning very um, yeah clear that they will try to have him for two years, and that's pretty much it. And uh, I mean, it, it worked out for for the most part. Obviously, injuries were a bit annoying in the, in the Haaland phase, but uh, he had uh, some really fantastic games and, uh, in, you know, he, he's, he scored a ton of goals. And, it, you know, it, it was fun while it lasted. And uh, I, I think that was sort of the emotional relationship all Dortmund fans had. And, uh, yeah, now I think everyone is just relieved that, that it's over and that you don't have to deal with the million rumors anymore. And there's that. So, um, yeah, on that note, Abel, um, if you have to plug anything, uh, be my guest. Uh, oh, just just Twitter. I mean, uh, Bundespiel, I still, you know, put some stuff out there from time to time and you know, some other things I do about not really all that public. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, either way, it was uh, great to have you on the show. Thank you very much for your insight. And uh, we shall be back with another episode either later this week to, to have more of a review and preview of the Fürth on Hertha game, but uh, I can't promise it. So either way, as always, uh, thank you for listening and thank you to our patrons for the support. Goodbye.